Well, we are studying these minor prophets, and uh, didn't Bishop do a great job last week? Let's give it a hand. Hallelujah. I was all okay to have part two. That was great. You know, and you know what? What God has said, he has done, he is doing, and he will do it. And that's what I love about going through these books of prophecy, um, because we can both see what happened then occurred, and we can trust that what God has said will come to pass, will come to pass. Um, now, I would tonight like to turn over to the book of Haggai. Haggai. And I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I have just said Haggai all my life. And so, it's like king doesn't have a G in it. Is that right? King? Um, in kindergarten? Kindergarten? I don't know. Um, Haggai. I want to turn to Haggai chapter 1, verse 2. And it says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak in this place tonight. Talk to our hearts. Encourage and strengthen. This is your church, and we are your people. We worship you and we praise you. And God, we ask you to fulfill any need in this place tonight. You know what's in people's hearts. Do your work, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. And I want to tell you tonight, it is time. It is time. Um, Haggai, the prophet Haggai, occurs right around the time of Ezra. And Ezra, you have Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, we had a big series on Nehemiah and building the walls. Um, that is in the time that the children of Israel were with the Medes and the Persians. And so you have um, Cyrus, and you have Xerxes, and you have Darius, and you have all these, these kings of the Medes and the Persians. And in the time of Cyrus, as spoken by Isaiah, I think 150 years before, had, um, God had used him to say that Cyrus would rise up. Cyrus was 150 years off. There was nobody named Cyrus. Nobody would have been like, huh? <laughs> now, if you were the prophet Isaiah and you were like, let me write that. <laughs> you know, you've got a relationship with God. I, have, I know the voice of God and I'm confident that I'm hearing him and I can write that. And so he said this would happen. And so then we have Ezra and Ezra goes and he gets commanded by Cyrus when Cyrus told the people, when Cyrus said, God has told me to build him a temple. It's actually in Haggai, or let's see, um, I didn't keep that verse here. Um, I had thought about putting it in there, and then I was going to read out of Haggai here. But Cyrus said the people, or that God told him to build the temple. So Ezra headed out to the land, and when you look in Ezra chapter 4, um, verses 4 and 5, I want to highlight that in a minute. But uh, they headed out to build, and all the people came, and you see them all recorded in the book of Ezra, how they headed back to the land of Judah, and they were going to go ahead and build as Cyrus had commanded. But then you hit chapter 4, and in chapter 4 it says, The people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah, and troubled them in building, and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even unto the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And they got clear down into Xerxes, and they said, Xerxes, and they pleaded their cause, and they said, they can't build. And so Xerxes said, stop 
building. And in verse 24 it says, Then ceased the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased unto the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And that's when we come to Haggai chapter 1, and it says, In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet. And this word said, This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. You know, I think I can understand, you know, the people had been in captivity for many, many years that God had said would happen. And now the word has come forth and it's fulfilling prophecy, hey, go build the temple. So they make their way there and they're in the land, but then they face opposition. And they hear a voice of the people, of the opposition, that says, you can't do this. And they went clear back to now King Xerxes and says, Xerxes, tell him to stop. And he does. And so now they have a word from the highest ruler in the um, human ruler in the land that says, stop. And they're like, well, I guess we should stop. It must not be time. It's not time to build the house of the Lord. But I find it fascinating. And about 18 years pass. And, and they're there and... and, and and they're not building. Instead, what they're doing, it says in verse 3, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye that dwell in the land in your sealed houses, and this, and this house lie waste? God was saying, Hey, wait a second. All you people are here. And you're saying it's not time to build my house. But over here, you're building your house. You're not just building walls for your house. You've got some wood paneling in there. You, you've sealed it. You've made it fancy. You've made it nice. You, you've gone to the market and you've bought yourself some nice decorations. You've got some good window coverings. You, you, you've uh, worked on your patio and, and you've got quite the uh, a garden going out there. And, and it's not just any sort of garden. It's got statues and fountains. And God said, you're taking care of your house, but you're not taking care of my house. Why aren't you taking care of his house? It's because they had heard a word that said stop. And I just want to come to you out of this portion of scripture here just for a little bit. And then I want to encourage you. You see, God had come to them and he directed the question not to, not to Darius and not to Xerxes and, and not to Cyrus. But he directed it to the people and he said, you say it's not time to build my house. You think you've seen all the, the things going on in the country and, and you think um, that you can read the writing on the wall and, and you say it's not time. But I have a question for you. Why are you building your life over here and not building your life with me over here? Why, why are you taking care of, every, of all your successes by your, the world standards but not taking care of your relationship with me? Why are you letting my house lie waste? Oh, when I read this passage, it jumped off the page at me. Because I, I really think that sometimes it goes through maybe even my mind, but it's gone through somebody's mind in this place. It's, it's not time to, to work on my relationship with God. 
It's not time for for me to grow in Him and where He wants me at in in ministry. And I'm not just talking about ministry on this platform. I'm talking about being used by God to reach a lost world. It's not time for me to go deeper in relationship with Him. You know, I I, I sinned. I I didn't do some things right. and, And, you know, I'm just... I don't even know that I'm supposed to be on this blue chair tonight. All these other people, they're super holy, but not me. In fact, the preacher says, well, if you're here tonight, God wanted you here. But I don't think, I think there's an exception to the rule. I want to tell you tonight, there is no exception to the rule. You are here tonight because God brought you here. You may have thought it was of your own doing, but God brought you here. And if you're hearing me online, hear me. God has brought you to hear the voice of of the man of God tonight. And I'm telling you, it is time. But I also want to tell the church of Omaha that it is time to build the house of God. We are doing a work here in Omaha. And God has begun that work a long time ago. And it has seen what appeared to be starts and stops. It has appeared to advance, and then you see some issues or some things happen, and then you see a little withdrawal over here, or what we see as a withdrawal. But in God's kingdom, what we sometimes think as withdrawals is God just taking the next step. Um, Let me explain something to you, and I I might have said this over the platform a couple weeks ago, but Jesus, um, and I told it to the, um, the ministers in training, Jesus had come and he'd come out of Nazareth and he visited John the Baptist and he was baptized. And a voice came from heaven and declared, you know, thou art my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And and he's like, man, this is it, right? And he immediately driveth him into the wilderness. We're starting our mission. It's time to be revealed to the world. The people all here that visited John the Baptist just saw me. The voice came from heaven. All right, I want you to go to the wilderness for 40 days and then be tempted of Satan. What, what? Many other times you see Jesus, the crowds are pouring in, and then he he has to take the disciples and say, hey, let's withdraw to a desert place. Let's get away. Let's get away from from all this explosion. And the people would crown him, and he's like, no, no, we got to go. We got to go. There was this apparent start and stop, start and stop. And when you look at the church of Omaha, God planted this church. And Bishop, I want you to hear me. God called you from Maine to this place. First, he called you to Maine. Then he called you to Caribou. And that's way up there. But God did not forsake Caribou when you came from Caribou. You may have looked at the situations there and you may have wondered. But God had Caribou just like he had Omaha. And God has purpose. And what you see as starts and stops is God fulfilling and progressing his work like he wants to. And so God is building a church here in Omaha. And the time is now. Oh, I want you to hold on to what you saw this last Sunday when you saw 15 kids and teenagers filled with the Holy Ghost. I want you to hold on to the baptism in Jesus' name that you saw over here. 
I want you to hold on to the words that went out over the weekend and you spoke in tongues and you felt the mighty presence of God in your life. And you cried out and you committed to Him. I want you to hold on when Brother Near preached at the start on Easter and, and we heard a word from God about healing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Oh, when the devil comes and, and tries to make you forget all that, I want you to tell him, it is time. Oh, you may try to tell me it's not time for God to move in my family, but it's time. Oh, you may say God's not providing on the job. Oh, but he has a cattle on a thousand hills, and it is time. Oh, what about my children? Oh, hear me, Marissa. Oh, it is time. Sorry, Sister Melissa, I called you by the neighbor. She's name's Marissa, but I call her Melissa sometimes. So, But it is time. Oh, you can go ahead tonight and lift your voice to God and say, God, the past is behind me, and I'm reaching out to you. If you have something in your life that you want to reach out and say, Jesus, I need you, go ahead and do it right now. Oh, Jesus, I need you. I need you, oh God. I need you in my life. Oh Lord, I need you. I need your hope, Lord. Oh Lord, I trust you, Jesus, because it's time. It's time. And so Jesus, or not Jesus, God, what is Jesus, but we didn't know him as Jesus yet, was speaking here, and he says, you're building your houses, but my house lies waste. I want to highlight that just a little bit. In verse 7, it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You look for much, and lo, it came to little. It says, And when you brought it home, I did blow on it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that, lie, that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. So in saying it is time, what I want you to first realize is consider your ways. Now, I'm not coming with a harsh rebuke, no big, I know I yell a lot, but no big loud tone of voice. I simply want to remind you that everything you have comes from God. And the children of Israel had been brought back to the land by God. God is the one that prophesied before Cyrus was long, before he was ever thought about that this would happen. And so when God said my house will be built, no Xerxes and no Darius were there to prevent it. No matter what the greatest king in the world said. And so that's why God came to the people. Because he had picked them. And he gave them authority to build the house. God did not go to the Queen of England this last Sunday and have her give you authority. God gave you authority, and you have more authority in this world than any other man out there or woman out there that is not under the submission of Jesus Christ. If you are under the submission of him, if you have resisted the devil, and if you have submitted yourself, therefore, to God and resisted the devil, the devil has to flee. I'm telling you right now, the president of the United States cannot make the devil flee. The last president this president, no president throughout history, but a child of God saying, get behind me, Satan. I've submitted my life to God, and the enemy 
has to flee. You have more authority over this nation than the army of this country. You do. You can change the directions of people, families, and nations. You can. God has called you to build his house. And so the people heard the threats and the words, and you know, they came and they celebrated in the book of Ezra, and they had their feasts, and they, they laid, you know, and they, they, they started to hear the threatenings, and they laid the foundation, and then they got depressed, and they stopped. Do not be down and depressed thinking, wait, what I thought God was going to do for me in my life is not going to happen. It is going to happen. So consider your ways. And before you focus on your house, focus on his house. Because God will multiply you in your personal life and take care of you there when you take care first of your relationship and his house and his place in this world. You see, at the same time as we see this in the book of Haggai, we have in the book of Zechariah, uh, um, chapter 1, and, and he's at the same time as this place, and in chapter 1 we see him calling for the people to repent. He's saying, we, we have another man of God stepping out there. We have Haggai saying, hey, what are you doing with my house? And Zechariah's stepping up and he's saying, you got to repent of your ways. You can't live like this. And then... In this time that the children are in the land and, and they're offering up offerings and sacrifice, we can jump over to the book of Malachi. Why? Because we have him echo to the people about their priorities and their ways. Malachi chapter 3 verse 7, he says, Even from the days of your fathers you are gone out from, away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you say, wherein shall we return? And he says, will a man rob God? Ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse because ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. And verse 10 says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Mm -hmm. And this is what he was saying back in Haggai. He's saying, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open um, you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. If you will get your priorities right, God first, relationship with God, your finances first belong to God. That 10% wasn't yours to start with. It's God's. That offering you give, when you give financially, when you give of your time, when you say, Lord, I was going to do this over here, but instead I'm going to offer this up to you right here. And that can take many forms. See, a lot of times we just want to get away with, oh, I gave some money. And God's like, do you have time for me at Walmart right now? And do you have time with me for your friend? And can you reach out and help over here? You see, what are you willing to offer up to God? If you will get your priorities straight, that means you need to trust him with your situations. You need to trust him with your finances. You need to trust him with your friendships. You need to trust him with your marriage. You need to trust him with your job. If you will put him first in those situations, God 
will begin to grow and to multiply you. He will take the things that you were working on and he said, hey, you, you, you tried to work on this over here. And he says, uh, um, he says, you looked for much and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow on it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste. And you run every man into his own house. Therefore, the, he- the heaven over you is stayed from dew and the earth is stayed from her fruit. Mm. But then we see here in verse 13, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. And then God begins to promise them that he is going to take care of everything. He begins to promise them that that he's going to do a work there. And it says, And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shittiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. God came to them and he told them, Hey, you need to change. Stop making your priority over here. Instead, make your priority over here. Make my house your priority. And the heart of the people, the spirit of the people was stirred up. Do you know why their spirit was stirred up? Because they heard the word of God and they responded. Bishop, Brother Jeremy, Brother Danny, I don't know if Trevor's in here, maybe he's in the back. When you guys get up and you preach a word from God... It goes out and it stirs up. And it stirs up the spirit of people. When you preach a word, and and we've seen it many times, Bishop, as our, our bishop of this church, that God has given you words that he wanted you to say over this pulpit. And when you spoke those words, things happened in the spirit realm. And all that ministry team under you and all these people under you were then released through a door. Why? Because God said it's time. And we responded with the word of God for the time. And the heart of the people was stirred up. I think God is stirring. I know God is stirring up the hearts of the people of the church of Omaha. God is stirring up the hearts. God is stirring up the hearts. In verse 13 that we just read here, it says, In the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you. I want to tell somebody tonight that God's wanting you to understand it's time. And he's saying, I'm with you. You've wondered about how everything's going to get taken care of. You feel like you're stepping out on faith a little bit. You're saying, well, my house isn't all as fancy and sealed as Pastor Lucas just described. As, as God's saying here, I, I think... I." I think it might be hard. He's saying, hey, first look at me. Why? Because I'm with you. You know, he's Emmanuel, God with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'm going to go to the cross for you. He's saying here, I am with you, saith the Lord. I'm with you. He spoke this to the people, but then it said he stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. You know what I think is fascinating about Zerubbabel? is at the end of the book of Haggai, we see that he's told, Zerubbabel is told that he's going to be a signet ring. He's going to be, it's a prophetic word to him. See, Zerubbabel probably didn't live that long after all of this. He never sat in kingly robes. You know, he didn't have that big house and have 
Israel all as his kingdom. But God said, I'm going to speak a word. And this is exciting. He said, I'm going to speak a word through the prophet to you, Zerubbabel. That's going to be written down through the ages. Because you're a signet ring. Why? You had family that was in kingship. The lineage of Jesus Christ was to come through them. But they were wicked and they were evil and they disregarded me. And I took the authority away from them. But I'm putting a spiritual ring on your finger. And from your lineage, I'm going to bring forth Jesus Christ. Who's going to save the world. Why? Zerubbabel, because I'm with you. And I think this word, I think these prophets are a testimony to us. Prophetic words have gone out to these people who in their days of living never saw Jesus Christ. And they never saw the world shaken and the mountains tremble. They didn't see the great earthquakes that, that God said would come to pass. But God still found it fitting to come down and tell them, I want you to live for me. I want you to build my house and I want you to be encouraged that I'm going to do something in this world. So stay true to me. Oh, you know, Pastor Tony came to Omaha to build a church. He fully expected to stay here the rest of his life. He looked to see a mighty work done throughout this city, but God told him one day it's time to go. And he said, I've raised up Bishop Meyer and Powell. And I'm bringing him to Omaha. Does that mean that all those years, was it 10 years of his work here, that he should have been like, what am I doing? You know, I don't know what his tomorrow holds. He may never be there to see what happens here. But that doesn't mean that he shouldn't have come and that he shouldn't have got this building. Because all of you are here today. Because God said to somebody, I want you to go ahead and build a church. And we're here today. And we're building a church. And Bishop, I said it already, but you came from Maine for the call of God. And I don't know what your tomorrow holds. But he has given you a word about Blair and Elkhorn and Council Bluffs and Papillion. And I could begin to name all the 24 locations. God has said, I'm going to reach in those places. So it is time to build my house. I long for Jesus to come back in my day, and I firmly believe he is. But whether he does or not, whether it seems like the end is right now, and then he goes, oh, not yet. I'm going to build, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to raise my children in this, and I'm going to live for him. And he has given us so many promises over this city, over this state, and it's going to happen. Oh, but I want to make a declaration whether I get to see it or not. I'm staying true to God. He gave me a word, and I'm following through with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I do want to share a testimony. A few months ago, I went to God, and I said, God, Finn doesn't have the Holy Ghost. And this really bothers me. And it's getting too late. I mean, time's flying by. You need to do it, God. You need to do it. And I was like, he, he, I mean, he likes for me to hold him, right? And he stands up here, but I'm like, no, God, no, God, I, I, I'm not waiting until he's eight. He needs to be filled, and I'm going to trust you with him, and I'm going to trust you with him. And then he comes to me that night, and he said it over the phone um, right after Genevieve was baptized, and oh, I'm so thankful for her, because he got on the phone that Wednesday, and he began to talk to me about wanting to be baptized. And then I'm here in church with him, and we're set down, and I said, well, you want to pray right over here? 
And he says, well, I think I need to be baptized. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, why you get baptized? He goes, well, I don't wash away my sins. And do you know what name we do that? And he's like, huh? And I'm like, oh, boy, what did I not teach? And, and I go, in the name of Jesus? He goes, don't you say that? I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> all right. I was like, what name do we say? He's like, well, I don't say anything. You say it. Um, and I said, so when do you want to do this? He's like, well, I think right now. I think we need to do it now. And I'm like, okay. And then the Wednesday, I think it was the Wednesday before, um, it was either the Wednesday before or two Wednesday ago before this weekend, we were right over here. I was praying with Zoe, I believe. And he came over and he said, Dad, I want to get the Holy Ghost tonight. I frankly was surprised that he didn't get the Holy Ghost that night because he had come over and he said, it's time. I want it. You know where God was at? He was right here. It's like, okay, you said it's time. Man, when he prays, he has repeated up to this point everything I've said. I'd say, just tell him I love you, Jesus. He'd say, I love you, Jesus. I'm like, well, say it again. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I'll say it again. I love you, Jesus. I'm like, well, there it is. Even a bit of stammering there. Oh, man, but when God came down, because it's right here, and it's time, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your place. God is saying to you, it's time. I want to fill you with my spirit. I'm waiting. But what about the testimony? It's because I went to God and said, God, it's time. I, I can't wait any longer. It's you, you, they're your children. They're not mine. You gave them to me. I gave them back to you over and over again. I'm giving them again. Do not linger. Don't wait, God. It's time. It's time. And Joseph, God says, I'm with you. But then he says, be strong. He says, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And be strong, all the people of the land, saith the Lord. And, and work, for I am with you. I see, I skipped part of my verse there. I, I promise you I have this in large print. Um, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I coveted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear ye not. And out of this verse, I want to highlight three things. I told you that he said, I'm with you. But now he said, be strong. Be strong. Now the Lord is my strength. I want to tell you that when you get into a place of prayer and when you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost... Go for that. Because as you pray in the Holy Ghost, you begin to be renewed and you begin to be strengthened. You begin to be built up. The Lord is my strength. And what he's saying right now, he's saying here, be strong. And so what you need to do is take that step of faith and say, okay, God, wherever you're at, God, I'm going to be strong. You said you're with me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take a stand. And then I would encourage you, go find a place of prayer when you're feeling weak inside. Find it when you don't feel weak inside. And let him begin to stir up his strength in you. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. And then he said to them, fear ye not. Now this reminds me of Joshua. He told him to be strong. He told him to not be afraid. And you don't need to be afraid about what's going to come against your life because God has told you it's time. 
You don't need to be afraid of those enemies. When it came to the book of Nehemiah and they went to build the wall and, and Sam bowed and Tobiah came and, and they were making accusations, you know what they could do? They could reach back to Haggai and they could say, hey, when we were here to, to build this temple, you know, when they were here to build the temple, they, they, they got afraid. They got afraid of what the enemy said. But we're now here to build a wall and we're not going to be afraid. We're not going to let this thing linger. We're not going to put up with it. They could reach back to the prophet Haggai. And they could say, he said to be strong and fear not. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to do the work of the Lord. And we're going to build it. Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead and you step out and the calling God has placed on your life. You go ahead and those things that you've called out to God, you saw things happen. You've seen the first payment on the promise. Oh, you've seen God begin to do things where he said, hey, I fulfilled part of it here. Go ahead and see it through to the end. You know what he said to the blind man? He said, can you see? And the blind man I see, said, I see men as trees walking. I don't know how the blind man knew what trees walking would look like, you know, or that men would look like trees. I don't really know. I'm like, really? <laughs> but Jesus checked in with him. He said, are, are we through this miracle yet? Or is there more to it? Uh, we started out someplace, and I know I preached this just a while back, and, or what, probably the last time I preached on Sunday, I, I, I talked to you about this, but, but sometimes God is doing a progression of work in your life, and that includes the promises he is fulfilling. So don't walk out just when you see men as trees walking. Oh, just, just because your, your loved one gave one word of encouragement to you and now you wonder, is it really come to come to pass? Keep living for God. Brother Matthew, you, you wondered, you gave a testimony about, man, I, I, I went back to school here and, and am I even going to have a job? And, and what is all of this? But you found a relationship with God. And if you don't mind me borrowing your testimony for a moment since you said it from the pulpit here. But you said in that moment, you pri reprioritized your life. And you put God first. And you grew in relationship with God. And God took care of everything else in your life. Oh, and we're really thankful for that too, by the way. We're really thankful you all moved here. But that's a testimony that you can now look back on your next situation and you can say, I trusted God here and he worked there. So I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm going to trust God for it. And he's going to work there. I'm going to be strong and I'm going to fear not. And the last thing I see right here that I want to point out, God said, according to the word that I covenanted with you, covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. So my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. We're getting ready to have Pentecost Sunday. And on the Feast of Pentecost, that directly correlates back to when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. And that Ten Commandments represented the covenant that God made with Israel. And when he made that covenant with Israel and he gave him his commands... He said, you're my people. I birthed you out of Egypt. When they crossed those waters, that was like their baptism. And that cloud that was over them in the day and the fire by night was the spirit of God that dwelt over them. When we're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with his spirit, that's when we parted, went through the waters. And when he filled us with the Holy Ghost, that's when his spirit covered us and, and dwelt in us. And, 
And I can give more examples from the Old Testament there, but then God made a covenant with them. And he gave them the commandments. And then they built a temple and, and they worshipped him and they served him and they had the, the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ten Commandments were placed in it and God dwelt on top of that Ark. And we'll hear more about that, I think, this coming Sunday here. But God made a covenant with them. And many times from that point they sinned to the point that God finally had the Assyrians invade and they were overtaken by the Assyrians and now the Medes and the Persians. And, and now we find them back in the land, but they have kind of forsook God again. They're doing their own thing. And yet God reaches back to their forefathers. And he says, when I covenanted with you, when you came out of Egypt. And you know, I got really encouraged by that. Because you were all filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. And when he filled you with his spirit, he made a covenant with you. And yet you might have found yourself wandering away from the calling God placed on your life or maybe even in relationship with God. And some of you have been having God tug at you and he's pulling on you and you've been wrestling with it and he's saying it's time and, and you see yourself right here and God's saying all the way back to the beginning, I know that since I filled you with my spirit, since, I, since I, the time I called you, you maybe got way off track and you sinned over here and you did things you shouldn't have done. But I still remember filling you with my spirit. I still remember making a commitment and a promise to you. And I'm still holding true to my commitment to you. The things I gave you all the way back there. I know Israel, you're not a nation anymore. I, I know you've been invaded. I know everything looks like it's hopeless. But all the way back to Egypt, before I ever brought you into the promised land, I made a covenant with you. And it still holds true. You went down in the water all those years ago. I made a covenant with you. And it still holds true. Oh, many of you gave testimony over this pulpit. And I heard in those things that you went through situations. Oh, Brother Jeremy, you, know, you have told us about the testimonies that you had as a child. And then you wondered in your testimony and Sister Kiara's testimony, where is God? And I must be as far away from this happening as possible. But you trusted God. Oh, and he said, I made a promise. I made a commitment. I made a covenant. And you're here today. Oh, such were some of you. Amen. You made a commitment. And I'm encouraged with that. I brought you out and I'm still with you. I'm still with you. And so he says, my spirit remaineth among you. I'm still with you. God is telling you tonight. He's telling you, I'm with you. Be strong. Fear not. Because I'm still with you. I'm still with you. And I am excited about your futures. I'm excited about your today. You guys have made commitments to God and you've had a stirring up in your spirit over these last months. He has done such a stirring in this place. I want you to solidify in your heart that I am first committed to God. Whether that be that uh, you need to be committed in everything. So I want to be careful with the phrase whether that be. But I'm committed with my finances. I'm committed with my time. I'm committed with my relationship. I'm committed with my TV. I'm committed with my phone. I'm commit everything to him. Brother Joey, you got back your van. 
I want to thank the Lord for that. But before you got your van back, God said, I'm with you. Be strong and fear not. Before you started this business, I know I brought picked on you a while back about that. But he was letting you know, be strong. Oh, God made some promises to me. And I wondered, is this the voice of God? And finally, I'm like, it's the voice of God. And I'm just going to hold on to it. And then the months went by. And I'm like, is this the voice of God? And God would say to me, I gave you a commitment. I told you this is going to happen. And, and God has come through. You know what he's going to do with the next word he gives? He's going to come through. So I'm going to be strong. Could we stand to our feet? I'm going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, your values and your principles, you need to make up your mind right now. Your determination to put God first, build his house. And, and yes, we're building a physical building here. Church, do not let this building fall in dilapidation. Do not let it fall apart. It takes your finances. You know, God is going to also move in the miraculous and give. But God has called you, if you're like, I don't want to give my money. God, you pay. He's like, don't, isn't this your building? Didn't I give you this building? Aren't you willing to pay for the lights? Aren't you willing to clean this place? You, you have a pastor. Aren't you willing to, to um, you want him to be full-time, right? Oh, you don't want a pastor full-time? Yes, Bishop, we want a pastor full-time. Do you want him to live in poverty? I do not want you to live in poverty, Bishop. Do, do you want him to be scraping to make ends meet? I do not want you to scrape to make men's meet. That's why, God, we, we pay tithes because God has said to. That's why. But when you pay those tithes, you support the ministry. When you give into the church with your finances, when we are at that spot where we really can't do it, I promise you, God's got it. He's like, I always had the money. The money was in the fish's mouth. You don't need to worry about that. You just need to worry about your obedience to me. And obey. if you're going to trust me to take you to heaven, trust me with your bills. If you're going to trust me to, to uh, um, fill you with my spirit, go ahead and trust me that I'll give you a house. So go ahead and trust him. So in this moment, in this night, as we wrap up here, I want you to just make a firm commitment to God. God, it's time to build your house both in the physical, but for, for all of eternity in the spiritual. So we're going to build a house with God, and we're going to be strong, and we're not going to be afraid. Lord Jesus, we reach out to you tonight. Oh, Lord God, and we're making a commitment to you. You have called us, Lord, to build in the kingdom. Oh, Lord, you've called us to preach the gospel. You've called us to reach the lost. Oh, Lord Jesus, you've, you've abundantly taken care of us. Oh, you've met us on every need. And when we worried and we were concerned, Lord, and we didn't know how things would work out, God, you were there and you kept us. And Lord, you filled us with your spirit. And God, the one that you who filled me with your spirit and took away my sins, oh, God, is still with me. Oh, Lord, you who carried me when I failed miserably, are still with me. You, oh God, who provided me with a house to live in and such a wonderful family are still with me. You, Lord, who put together when I had a mess and you took my messes and put them all back together are still with me. And I just want to tell you today, oh, I want to tell you, God, I'm going to go ahead and build because it's time.
and I want to tell you, God, that I'm going to be strong because it's time. And I want to tell you, God, that you're with me and I'm with you. And I'm not going to be afraid. And Lord, help me when I am afraid. And let your perfect love, oh God, flow throughout this church and drive out all fear in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a great hand clap? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We started out this service with worship. Oh, let's go ahead and wrap it up with worship. Oh, we worship you, God. Oh, we see you, oh God. You are high and lifted up. Hallelujah. The very first thing that popped in my mind when I read this, this, this scripture. Where you said it's not time to build the house. Was that there's somebody who thinks that it's not time for God to work in my life. It's not time for me to progress in relationship with him. Even somebody who's not really even living for God at all. And you're just over here and you're like, God's a million miles away and it's not time. And God's saying, hold on, can you get the fog off your eyes? I'm right here and it's time. God bless you. Have a great week. And remember what God has done and thank him for what he's going to do.